first page of the uh, book, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, it's the first promise is that we do recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Um, you know, th- this chapter start or this section starts off now about sex, and uh, I think two of the biggest, uh, worst things to talk about in AA is sex and God, and both are contained in this book, and. Uh, I've, I have experience with, uh, with this portion um, out of the book Alcoholics Anonymous by the grace of God and, and the help of my sponsor. And um, coming to this point, um, I didn't really know what to expect except that I had been coming to uh, these types of meetings for a while. And at the time, um, there were secrets that I wasn't going to tell anybody that I was going to my grave with. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful to say, and I hear this at a lot of meetings, and I have to agree that... If this had been in the beginning of the fourth step, I probably never would have done it. Or had I had the willingness to do it, I probably wouldn't have been as honest and thorough as I had been doing the previous two inventories. So I am grateful, and there is a reason why this is the last part of the inventory. So, um, you know, it, it says that, you know, we all have sex problems. We'd hardly be human if we didn't, you know, and, and that's been... Uh, you know that's been my experience and i i've always uh i've always had the judge and the victim in my head and i've always had uh you know this judge telling me i was no good at anything i did but including sex as well as uh this victim saying well that judge is right so um coming to this portion and and, and this aspect of my life has ha- was very difficult for me but um i want to say that uh this talks about sex conduct and what sex conduct is, is uh, sex behaviors. Conduct in the dictionary is behaviors. And my sponsor made it clear to me that this section is not about the sex. It's not about the relationships. It's about my motives behind pursuing this sex and the harms that I do for others in that action of that pursuit. So when I, um, at that time, you know, I like I said, I had limited knowledge and uh you know, my sponsor just basically told me, um, you know, make a list of all people that uh, you had had sex with. And, um, you know, in addition, if there was anybody that you incredibly lusted over, obsessed over, put them down as well. And so um, I made this list and everybody who was on that list was already on my resentment list. But this was a different <laughs> this was a different type of uh, way I was going to look at things. So I, I listed down um these people, and uh, of course, uh, my list wasn't as big as my ego would like it to be, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, I saw a lot of the harm that you know I, I had caused from this uh, from this path that I had done, and um, I'll give you an example. Um, I was in a relationship for uh, three years, and uh, through this relationship, and, and, and you hear this a lot, um, you know, I confused love with sex, and it didn't matter whether it was a one-night stand or anything, um, it was always, you know, anytime I would have sex with someone, I confused it with love, and I would pursue it like I would the alcohol, and it caused problems, not only in my life, but more problems in, in the other person's life as well, and, um, you know, you hear a lot in these meetings, people who, and, and they speak openly about having sex with uh, men, having sex with men, even animals. Uh, that wasn't my experience, but I don't hold it against myself that had I continued going on 
some of that stuff probably would have happened. So um, I do see that, especially with some of my behaviors. So uh, like I said, my sponsor had me list down all those people, anybody who I had uh, greatly obsessed over, as well as myself, because I was having sex with myself. And uh, I subjected it to the nine questions found in the sex inventory. And, and when I did that... Um, you know, like it says, I swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about myself. Some big chunks of truth. Uh, because previously, before coming to this, even after this resentment inventory, even after this fear inventory, I still thought I was God's gift to women. I really did. I thought I was this, you know, great person when it came to relationships. You know, I would, I would, I would buy you flowers. I would buy you chocolates. I would take you out to movies. I would treat you. But it was all false. It was, it was those hundred forms of self-delusion that the big book talks about, the lies that I was telling myself. So, anyways, I was in this relationship for a, a three-year period, and like I said, I was confusing love with sex, and the whole relationship was based off of sex, and the whole relationship was based off of my insecurities with myself and how I can get this other person. To prove her love to me. That was the whole relationship for three years. And I put this girl through hell. Through hell. And, and uh, you know, um, Dr. Bob talks about one of his stories. Um, you know, us alcoholics, we seem to find the, uh, the best women in the world. And for, for you women, I'm sure it's the same way. You seem to find the best men in the world, you know, that uh, put up with all our crap for all these years. And that was uh, my experience because... Uh, this was uh, definitely a, a, a wonderful woman, and uh, I completely destroyed her life. I was that tornado roaring through it. So um, she was the first one that I put down, and um, you know, I listed where I was selfish, uh, where I was dishonest, where I was inconsiderate, whom had I hurt, did I unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness, where was I at fault? What should I have done instead? And these were the nine questions that I subjected myself to on it. And uh, some of the questions were easy because they were from my resentment part, so I didn't need much help on it. But others were uh, a little bit more difficult. So in this situation, uh, you know, where where was I selfish in this situation? Um, you know, I, I needed sex. You know, I, I wanted sex. I needed uh, to feel good. I needed to be in control. Every situation behind sex, my motives were always to be in control. My motives were always to feel good. My motives were always to have sex. My motives were always to feel complete. And it's not surprising that, uh, you know, my main core fears in my inventory were not being in control, being alone, people's opinions, and not being loved. And so it wasn't, you know, a coincidence that these were my selfish desires driving each one of my, uh, my, my sex motives and my sex actions. So um, I put that down, and uh, where was I dishonest? And the biggest thing was the lies I was telling myself in this dishonesty. And uh, mostly it was, um, you know, um, the, I told myself the lie that... Uh, you know, um, my needs should be taken care of or I deserved to get things a certain way or I was God's gift to women or, um, you know, uh, just these selfish pursuits of this dishonesty, this, this self-delusional lies I was telling myself. One of the biggest things for me was uh, the inconsiderate because the inconsiderate was something that I didn't take a look at in... Uh, in my resentment inventory. So uh, my sponsor told me, uh, where did I fail to consider the other person's point of view in that aspect? 
And here I was sitting at this, frankly analyzing the past as I now saw it at that point uh, three years ago and, and looking at it and seeing the damage I had caused. And I saw here was a woman who loved me. She did. She loved me. Um, I trampled on her. Uh, I treated her like garbage. I made her feel miserable. I constantly put her down. And all she wanted to do was have someone in her life who showed her care, who showed her love, who loved her as much as she had loved me. And that's where I failed to consider it. And I hadn't seen that at that point because I was so self-deluded, not only by the alcohol, but also by my alcoholism. So um, I was completely stuck in a, a self-will, uh, you know, self-will run riot. Um, and then it says, whom had we hurt? And this was also a big thing for me because, truthfully, uh, coming into the fourth step in general, coming into Alcoholics Anonymous, I looked at it as uh, I was this martyr. I was this victim in life. And uh, God had put all these circumstances in my life to harm me. And I never saw the damage I had caused other people. And when damage was caused to me, how I initially set the ball rolling. And I never saw that until I got this all down on paper. So who met I hurt? It wasn't only me. It wasn't only her. But it was her parents, her mom and her dad. I used to go to her and I, I would tell her, do not go to your parents. Do not. You know, how dare you make me look like that? I would scream at her. I would put her down. She would go to her sister. These are people who who told her for years to get out of this relationship with me because I was extremely verbally abusive. I was a disgusting person. And uh, I would constantly put her down when she went to these people. And these people were hurt by my actions and the hurt I was causing her. And then going on to her friends. I had to list all these friends who she had gone to, who she used to cry with. And it was this rippling effect, this domino effect of me causing harm to her. And then it rippling down the line, causing harm to her, her family, her friends, uh, no, her co-workers, etc. All these people in life. And um, I saw this damage I had done and internalized exactly what had been going on in this three-year relationship with her. And then it says... Uh, did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? And my sponsor told me this. He said the key word here is unjustifiably. So, and he, and he put it like this for me. He said, um, if you're in a situation, the difference between unjustifiably and justifiably, if you're in a situation, if I go out and uh, I'm with a coworker and I see this beautiful woman who just started working at the office, and I say, let's go out to eat, let's talk about business. And we go out to eat, and my motives behind it were to talk about business, nothing else. And I go out to eat, one of, uh, you know, my girlfriend, my wife, whatever the situation, sees uh, me with, with this other woman, goes home, I come home, and, and she says, I saw you with another woman. Well, she's jealous, she's suspicious, and she's bitter. But was it unjustifiable? No, it was definitely just. Because I'd gone there with the motives of talking about business. But if you flip the coin on the other hand, and I went out, and uh, I went to work, and this new woman started working, and she was beautiful, and now the motives in my, in my mind are, how can I take advantage of this woman, or how could I have uh, sexual pleasures with her? Same thing, go out to lunch with telling her that we're going to talk about business, 
my wife or girlfriend sees me and then I come home and now she's jealous, suspicious, or bitter. Was that just? No, that was unjust. And uh, him giving me that example, I saw the exact nature of where and uh, what was causing this jealousy, this suspicious, suspicion and this bitterness. And I saw that none of my behaviors were ever just. They were never just. They were always unjust. And um, he told me to list it. It says, uh, uh, um, did we? It didn't say where did we. So he said these are uh, yes and no answers. So I, I put yes, yes, and yes. And my whole life was driven on, um, you know, like I said, how could I prove, how could I make this woman prove that she loved me? That's what my whole relationship was based off of. So I used to walk around and in front of her, I used to go, I would grab other girls' uh, butts, be derogatory, I would flirt with other women, um, you know, I would tell, I would, I would make up lies, uh, I, would, I would call someone or I would text message someone and I would hide the phone from her, making her suspicious. You know, and these were things I did because, you know, I was so insecure with myself, I could not understand, I did not love myself and I couldn't understand how someone else could love me. So the way I proved this was by making her suspicious, by making her jealous, and, by, and uh, uh, consequently, this made her bitter in every s single situation. So, um, in that situation, it was yes, yes, and yes. And then he said, uh, and then the next question says, where were we at fault? And he said, answer where were we at fault in respects to the jealousy, suspicious, and the bitterness, as well as anything else. So I was able to, where was I at fault? I was able to say, uh, I walked around, I would flirt with other women in front of her, I would pinch their butts, I would, I would uh, purposely make phone calls and text messages and hide the phone from her to make her jealous. It would make her suspicious and cause bitterness in every aspect of our relationship because she was always thinking I was with other women. She was always wondering what I was doing when I wouldn't pick up the phone when she called. She was always wondering what was going on. So these were the things I listed as well as anything else. And um, some of the other things were, uh, in, in, for an example, were like, um, you know, I had treated her like an animal. <laughs> Quite frankly, I treated her like an animal. Um, you know, I had put her down, verbally abused her incredibly. Uh, uh, you know, I, I can only imagine, you know, God forbid, she, uh, she probably had very low self-esteem for the things that I was doing to her at that time. Um, and it was all as a result of how I felt about myself in, in, uh, in that aspect of my life. Um, just moving back a little bit, um, my sponsor made it clear to me, uh, uh, jealousy, suspicion, and bitterness, it's not, was I jealous, was I suspicious, was I bitter, it's, did I unjustifiably arouse this? So, whether or not I felt jealous, suspicious, or bitter, it did not matter. You know, this inventory, this moral inventory, we disregard the other person involved entirely. So... It was what I had caused, what I had made her feel, and um, I was able to see it and disregard, uh, disregard her and take a look at myself and analyze my behaviors, analyze my motives, and analyze my harms done. And uh, the last question said, what should we have done instead? And my sponsor told me, speak from your heart, you know, say a little prayer, speak from your heart, and... Uh, 
right what you should have done. Um, and honestly, at that time, some of them were like, you know, uh, in, in different situations, I should have not done it or, or I should have, you know, done this or that. But in that state of mind, was I really thinking that? No, that's what I should have done instead, though. Um, and I saw that at that point. Um, in this situation with uh, uh, this, this relationship, what I should have done instead was I should have treated her as a child of God. You know, I should have treated her as an equal to me, exactly the way I wanted to be treated. You know, uh, no one likes to be belittled, no one likes to be put down, no one likes to be, uh, you know, uh, demeaned in any any sort of way. I didn't like it, and I know for a fact she didn't like it. And I should have treated her as this child of God um, and as this equal human being, uh, you know, commencing shoulder to shoulder with me just on this common journey of life. And uh, instead of treating her as this um, lower, lower uh, object per se, because that's basically how I treated her. So I went through um, all these things and I subjected them to these nine questions. And I saw the damage I had done. Um, and then after, uh, you know, uh, we made plans and I, I did my next, my next, uh, my fifth step. But I want to say this. It, it talks about if we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble, does this mean we're going to get drunk? After uh, coming to the other side of the archway, uh, I had gotten into a relationship immediately. And it was selfish. It says we subjected each relationship to this test was it selfish or not I had entered into a relationship it was absolutely selfish and uh, at the time my self delusional thinking even after going through this process was God's providing me with this gift now and I need to take advantage of it <laughs> so with, even knowing this knowledge of myself I had fallen short of the chosen ideal and what is the chosen ideal well my chosen ideal was this uh, and my sponsor told me, it says, um, you know, it says, whatever I, our ideal turns out to be, we must be willing to grow toward it. What's a chosen ideal? My chosen ideal is this, and my sponsor told me specifically, it's not your ideal mate. <laughs> it's your chosen ideal and how you're going to live up to it. So what was my chosen ideal? I wanted to be a loving person. I wanted to be a real man. I wanted to be a person who treated everyone with dignity. Uh, I wanted to express love just like I had received it in the past and um, continue to grow uh, forward in, in pursuing a health, healthy relationship and thinking of other people's needs instead of only pursuing my selfish interests. And that was pretty much my uh, ideal. And I hear some people write it down and some don't. I didn't write it down. It doesn't really matter if you do. I think the gist of it is, is what the ideal is. And, and that was my ideal. And it says, whatever our, our ideal turns out to be. So everybody has different ideals because uh, we're all unique human beings. And uh, the only thing, you know, we're all alcoholics, but we're still all unique human beings. So I did fall short of this chosen ideal. And I had gotten into this uh, very selfish relationship where um, I was pursuing still my needs. Because my drive for sex, you know, it talks about... Uh, you know, some of us can be on a straight pepper diet. Others are fanatical as others are loose, you know, and uh, I was very fanatical about it. I was very fanatical. And uh, 
you know, like I said, I confused uh, love with sex. And uh, the initial point of getting into this relationship was uh, from the beginning based on sex. I had never talked to this woman. I had never had a conversation with her. I had sex with her and then I pursued a relationship. And that was what provided my downfall in this situation. And uh, throughout that, uh, throughout these selfish things, I had some one-night stands with women. When me and her would break up and I'd feel so bad about myself, I would go out and have uh, uh, one-night stands. And does it really matter? No. We're not the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. But for me, my spirit, and I think it's everybody's spirit individually. You know, like it says, others are fanatical as others are loose. Well, my spirit tells me, uh, and this is just my experience, that I can't go around just having sex. I can't. Some people I see do it with no problem, and that's great, you know. I, I can't do it. And I, that's why I'm very hesitant about ever giving people advice about sex, unless I know they're pretty much like me. And I say, well, if your spirit is, is disturbed by what you're doing, maybe you should take a look at it. And that's all I really tell people. But my spirit was dis was disturbed at this moment, and uh, I pursued I pursued one night stands, and inevitably it got me blocked off from this power of God that this uh, book Alcoholics Anonymous talks about. And um, one thing stuck in my mind when I talked to my sponsor, and and, and it's uh, you know he said you've fallen short of your chosen ideal, and but does this mean you're going to stumble and get drunk? No, this is only a half truth. It depends on us and our motives. You know, if, if we have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, we believe we will be forgiven. So, in that pursuit of it, it took a lot of prayer, it took a lot of meditation. And I'd grown out of that situation, and I was able to grow through another experience of life um, with with my Creator. And, uh, and it was actually a very uh, joyous occasion seeing it on the other side. So, um, I had corrected my motives with his power and uh, I, I, I had made amends where I had caused harms like it says we must be willing to make amends where we had caused harm and I did that and, uh, and, and I was able to move on from that situation and learn from it and, uh, and, and to me that's a miracle it really is believe me uh, I can only sit here and tell you guys how I was but if you saw me who I was then you would want nothing to do with me. I was a very disgusting person. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to touch on a few more things and I'll end, but I don't think it's a coincidence that in this certain inventory, there's three different prayers, just in the sex inventory alone. Um, and the first prayer is, uh, we ask God to mold our ideals and help us to live up, with them, live up to them. And then it says... Uh, in meditation, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. That's the second one. So, <clears throat> so I've had the chance after that uh, uh, situation to get into relationships. And I've asked my creator, as well as it says, uh, we, we, we do counsel with other alcoholics, but we let God be the final judge. And I, I do counsel with other alcoholics and other people on this. Um, but I, I always let God be the final judge, and uh, I've always found that um, the right answers will come if I want it. And I've had the chance to get into two relationships since that point of a few years ago, and my creator told me it probably wasn't a good idea. And what I did was I was willing to listen to him because I know the damage that 
is not only caused to others, but is also caused to me when I live on the basis of self-will rather rather than God's will. And I'm, I really uh, don't want to get back to that point of of uh, you know self-destruction. So, um, and then there's a third prayer, and it says. Um, it says this, it says, uh, we earnestly pray for the right ideal, for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity, and for the strength to do the right thing. And it says, if sex is troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. We think of their needs and work for them. This gets us out of that imperious urge when to yield a mean heartache. And it's been my experience. You see it talked about in Bill's story. Uh, you see it talked about in future chapters. Mm-hmm. And um, when all other measures fail, work with an alcoholic will save the day, is what Bill said in his story. And here it says, if sex is troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. The only way I know how to get out of self, my self-will, my selfishness, my self-centeredness, is by lovingly and caringly, altruistically, helping out someone else. And it, it, it makes it plain that Think of their needs and work for them because I could tell you I've, I have experience helping others, thinking of my own needs, and I'll be stuck in this, uh, this, um, you know, this terror of of self and thinking of sex, even when I'm helping another human being out. So if I get my mind and pray and meditate and get myself to where I'm thinking of their needs, that's when I really get out of self, and that's been my experience with it. Um, I'll end with one thing and uh, so I can let everybody else share. But it says, um, if you have already made a decision and an inventory of your grosser handicaps, you have made a good beginning. And uh, my sponsor described it to me like this. You have made a good beginning. Well, there's four stories in the chapter more about alcoholism. And one of the stories is this guy, uh, Jim. And in Jim's story, it says, he made a good beginning, but... He failed to enlarge on his spiritual life. To his consternation, he found himself drunk half a dozen times in rapid succession. So, he probably did a fourth step. He might have even done a fifth step. But he failed to go on with the the next steps. And he got himself drunk half a dozen times in rapid succession. So, this is just the beginning. It's a 12-step process. And uh, it's a beautiful process. And I'm truly grateful to God for the opportunity to uh, be a productive member of Alcoholics Anonymous and a productive member of society. And uh, with that, thanks for allowing me to share. Thanks for, thanks for